So, there I was, Cairo, 2012, running across Tahrir Square on my way to get dinner. For some context, this was about two years after Mubarak had fallen, and tensions were back on the rise, uh, occasionally spilling over. So on Fridays and Saturdays, Tahrir Square would fill up with thousands of people protesting. If I wanted to get dinner, I'd have to dodge some clouds of tear gas. Uh, but today was a Tuesday. So Tahrir Square was empty. But as I was running across, I noticed one of the side streets, there was, there was lots of commotion. I thought maybe it was a holiday or a festival I wasn't aware of. And so I figured I'd check it out. So I run down the road, uh, or walk down the road. Uh, when I first enter, uh, I know it's a, lot, it's a lot of families, children, people eating dinner. It's like a normal night scene in Cairo. Um, as I get farther in, the, the demographics begin to change pretty rapidly. All of a sudden, I'm surrounded by males aged 18 to 25, kind of marauding about. So at this point, uh, I decided to go forward because um, I studied Arabic in school. I look Egyptian. Egyptians tell me I look Egyptian. And I feel comfortable kind of moving in that environment. Often Egyptians would come up to me and like start speaking to me in like street Arabic, asking directions, and I'd be like, I mean, the Nile is that way, but I don't really know where that place is. Uh, so I continue to go forward, and just the crowds get dense, and I turn this corner, and all of a sudden, I walk into a siege. Uh, there's these people on the roof throwing rocks down on this three-story building, surrounded by you know, a couple thousand people that are very mad. Uh, and so I found this out, the next day, uh, not when I needed to find this out, that this was a, a protest, um, or that, that this was the anniversary of a massacre that had occurred a year before, and so these people were protesting you know, state violence against students and protesters and whatnot. And so I got closer just to observe this siege, kind of uh, what was happening. And so there's a three-story building, there's security forces on this building, they're tossing down rocks and roof tiles, the protesters had backed off, you know, to the, like the maximum range, the maximum range of uh, these projectiles. Some had laser pointers; they'd they'd point them up at the security forces uh, to get them in the eyes so they could, you know, throw. But a stalemate had developed. Uh, this line was kind of pulsing back and forth across like the max range as they tried. To, people, some people, the brave ones, charged forward and charged back. Uh, and then finally, a couple protesters decide to light a tree on fire next to the security forces building. And so this tree ignites, and you, know, I, you can feel the heat. Uh, the energy starts to rise. People get really you know, riled up, and you, know, just, you kind of feel something's about to change. And then the security forces decide to see the, to see the burning tree and raise them two Molotov cocktails. And so I, I'm, I'm actually close to the perimeter at this time, and I see these two cocktails uh, appear over the roof in this long, slow arc coming right like, towards me. Um, a Molotov cocktail, if you don't know what it is, it's a glass bottle filled with a combustible fluid. You tie a rag to it, light it on fire, throw it. It becomes a grenade, essentially. And the first one lands about 30 feet in front of me. It explodes. Everybody surges back. Uh, the next one, right after, lands like 15 to 20 feet in front of me. I can feel the heat from that one. Everybody surges back. At this point, I'm like, okay, I should probably leave at this time. <laughs> like, I don't want to be permanently, dis permanently disfigured by anything that happens here. Uh, so I turn around, go back 200 yards, I notice that my phone is missing. And like, I suspect that it fell out when everybody surged back, someone must have pushed against my leg and it fell out of my pocket. If that was the case, I generally know where it might be because I know where I was when that happened. Um, so I decided to, to go make one quick sweep back, so one you know, quick walk around where I was to see where I could find it. So I head back, 
I get to the perimeter, and I'm looking for it. This is very important. My head, as I'm looking for it, is angled like down a couple degrees, as opposed to looking straight or up as I had earlier. And so I'm walking, along, I'm walking on the front, and all of a sudden, I get hit on the head with a roof tile. Uh, if you've never been hit on the head with a roof tile before, it is very uncomfortable. And uh, it sounds like a bell was going off in my head. Uh, so I put my hands on my head and just to stop the ringing, because uh, it's really loud. And then blood just erupts from my forehead. And I'm thinking, my mom is going to kill me. <laughs> this is so bad. And so I'm, I, I walk backwards. I'm uh, not in good shape, take my shirt off, try to stop the bleeding. My shirt instantly fills with blood. It's just everywhere. Uh, this, guy, this guy comes and helps me out. Uh, he sees that I'm hurt. His name's Muhammad. Um, and so I take my shirt off to show him the wound. And he has this look on his face, just like horror and disgust, like, oh, my God. But then he quickly recovers and says, oh, no, it's just a scratch. You're good. I was like, <laughs> sure, bro, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so we get back a little bit. Um, uh, and he's talking to me, and he says, Stena, enter Misri, which means, wait, are you, are you Egyptian? And I was like, no, I'm not Egyptian. I'm I'm American. And he was like, wait, you're American? What are you doing? You're crazy. Why are you here? You should be at the pyramids, not the protests. Go to the pyramids. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, you're right. I, this is obviously a bad life choice I just made. So, so he chides me some more. Uh, we walked back. They had staged some ambulances behind the protest, kind of waiting for people to get hurt. Uh, I should have noticed that as a sign as I was coming in. But uh, <laughs> So they put me on the ambulance. I paid the ambulance guy 40 bucks to drive me to the hospital. Um, I get to the hospital. This Nubian doctor, really nice guy, starts sewing me up. And this is where my angle of my head becomes important, right? So I was looking down. The, rock, the roof tile hit me right here. If I'd been looking straight up, it would hit me right here. If looking up would hit me right here, collar, you know, collarbone. Anywhere else would have been a much worse injury. Hit me on the, the strongest part of my skull is the crown of your skull, and that's where it hit me. And so he was, he was sewing up a seven-centimeter scar on my forehead as opposed to sewing my cheek back on. So that was good. So as, <laughs> so as he's finishing finish me up, he says, he waits, he stops and says, wait, so you're not Egyptian? And I was like, no, I'm not Egyptian. He said, what are you doing at these protests? You're crazy. Go to the pyramids. <laughs> and I was like, I've heard this before. Uh, Roger, I'll listen to that next time. So finally, I'm walking back home. Uh, I put my shirt back on. It's covered in blood. People are giving me really weird looks on the road. I mean, it's just, just kind of weird. And then finally, the next day, I go to work. So I'm walking into work. Uh, everybody, you know, just panics. Like, oh, my God, what happened? Blah, blah, blah. Before they can say anything, I say, yeah, next time, I'll go to the pyramids. <laughs> Thank you.